welcome to the Vine Church. We look forward to experiencing community with you. If you'd like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at thevinegoshen.org. Enjoy the message. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Vine. I just got to say, you guys are like pro-level today attending in this monsoon out there. So thank you so much for being here with us. We're just excited to hang out with you, worship with you, talk with you a little bit. Hey, uh, before I get started today, we're going to continue on in our How It Works series this morning that we've been in over the last few weeks. But before we get to that, before we get to that, man, it's going down out there. I like it. I love this. I love this kind of weather. But anyways, before we get to that, I want to recap a couple really cool things that have happened over the last few weeks at the Vine that you may or may not be aware of. And so one of the things we've been doing this, this, this time in July, we've been celebrating something we're calling Summer at the Vine. It doesn't look like summer out there right now, but it has over the past few weeks. And so we've done some pretty fun things. One of those things is last week we went to the beach together as a church, and uh, it was pretty awesome. We had, I think it was like over over 80 some people from our church just loaded up after church, went to the beach. It was amazing. So if you uh, weren't aware of that or maybe you missed out on that, what we, did, we just put together a little recap video to show you some of the fun things we did last week. It was an awesome time. Check out this video. Summer at the Vine is something we've been doing this summer, and the whole goal of this is not just to go to the beach, though that's awesome. The goal is to just have a good time together as a church family. And so uh, if you want more information on Summer at the Vine and other avenues to get connected, you can download our app, The Vine Church, um, or you can hang out at the Welcome Center right after service. Next week, we have our final week of Summer at the Vine, and we are doing a carry-in lunch, and we're just going to eat together after church, okay? And so it's going to be a family service. We're going to have a lot of kids in the room, and it's going to be a great time. So if you want more information, on that again. You can check out the app. You can hit up the Welcome Center today. But I want to pray, and we're going to get right into our content for today. I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about. So let's pray together. Lord, thank you for being good to us. Thank you for meeting with us. We thank you that your spirit is here right now with us as we open up your word, talk about you, talk about our lives. We know that you're right here. So I pray that you'd inform us of things that you want us to know. And let that information lead to action in our lives as we, as we live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're in this series called How It Works. Here's, here's the idea for this series. We want to talk about how some key elements of our journey with Jesus works. And the reason is, is we need to have a, a, a healthy, uh, accurate expectation of what do I expect when walking with Jesus? How is this thing actually supposed to walk out? And here's why. The Bible tells us that our faith, our spiritual lives are supposed to be effective. And here's what effective means. Who I am spiritually affects how I live physically. We need to live effective lives for Jesus. And to be effective, we need to know how does spiritual health work? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Spiritual health. How do I live a spiritually healthy life? And so what I want to do is I want to give a quick definition. So that, that, that's kind of an ethereal word, health. It can mean a lot of different things. Uh, but so today what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to define it. Spiritual health in the kingdom of God equals alignment. So here's what spiritual health is. If I'm going to be 
healthy in my spirituality within the kingdom of God. And I'm not talking about spirituality outside of the kingdom of God. There's a lot of ways you can go with spirituality. I'm talking about who Jesus is, who he said he is, what he said that means for us. We're living within that. What does it mean to be healthy and live an effective life? It means that our lives have the proper alignment. Alignment. And here's the alignment we're going to talk about today. There's, there's three things, and it's important that we get the order right. To be in alignment, there's three steps we have to take in the right order. And it starts with being. We, we first understand who we are. And then it leads to knowing who we are, being confident in our identity, who, who we are on the inside, leads to our worldview. Because of who I am, this is how the world looks to me. And then that knowing leads to action. So I'm going to put these things up on the screen. Being leading to knowing leading to doing. I want to keep those up there for a second. Here's where we get it wrong sometimes when it comes to health. I think in any, in any regard, but especially in our spirituality, our life with Jesus, is our common method, the common like humanistic mindset as to how do I get the most out of life, is we normally flip this and we start with doing and we say, I need to do this. If you ever watch Food Network and you watch like a cooking competition, a lot of times they'll say, so why do you want to win, you know, Chopped or, or whatever the, the show is, they're all the same. But why do you want to win this, this show? And they'll say, well, for years I've, I've wanted to be a chef. And so I know if I can win this competition, I will know I have what it takes to be a chef. And if I know I have what it takes, that'll prove to me that I really am. This is who I am. I'm a chef and I need to spend my time cooking and doing these things. What we do in life sometimes is we say, if I can do these things, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to take this action. And if I can do this, if I can achieve this, then I'll know that I have value. Then I'll know who I actually am. And we get it backwards, but it's important that we get these steps right. Now, I want to drill this in today. I'm going to talk about this a lot. I've probably used this example before, but it's really fun, and it's just a good example. So we're going to talk about it again. I have a son. He's six years old. His name's Elliot. Elliot, at six right now, is really into superheroes, and he likes to play like he's a superhero. So one of the things that's very common in our house is for me to be sitting on the couch and this stranger walks around the corner. And it's not my son, Elliot. It's Batman. You know, it's Batman. Batman walks in. Or Thor walks in. Or um, he's really into just, like, he doesn't know how to skateboard, but he wants to. So he'll say, I'm a skater guy. So he'll, he'll dress up. He'll go in and dress in, like, skinny jeans and vans and a torn-up shirt and say, Dad, I'm a skater guy. I look like I can skateboard. But what Elliot does is he puts on these outfits. And when Elliot puts on this identity... He will not allow you to call him Elliot anymore. He's the Hulk. Dad, I'm not Elliot. I'm the Hulk. And he, he's very stern about this. He corrects me in a nice way, but in a firm way. And he changes who he is. Now, because he changes who he is, this leads to the way he views our home, unfortunately, sometimes. And when Elliot is dressed like the Hulk, Elliot doesn't see a couch he sees an amazing platform to jump off of and smash something. Elliot doesn't see Bertie's toy. He sees the thing he's going to jump off of the couch and smash. And Elliot looks at our home through a new lens. And Elliot acts not on who he used to be, Elliot. He has this new identity as Bruce Banner. I'm the Hulk. Hulk smashes. So I see that, I'm going to jump off of that, and I'm going to smash. And I'll tell him, I'll say, Elliot, you can't smash things. You just can't. This is our home. We need to, I need that thing for more than just today, so you can't smash it. And he'll say, Dad, number one, I'm not Elliot anymore. I'm the Hulk. And the Hulk smashes. So I have to smash. I have to smash. So hold my milk and watch this. You know, like he, 
you know, just turns a corner. This is who he is. Now, it's silly, but this is important for us to understand. If we want to be effective in our spirituality, if we want this whole thing to be more than just, I came and I sat in a chair and I attended this church for a while called The Vine and nothing really changed. If we want more than that, if you want to look at your life and say, I'm being effective spiritually. Who I am on the inside is affecting how I live on the outside. We need to pursue health spiritually. And being healthy spiritually means we need to concentrate on, is my life in the proper alignment? Is who I am informing what I see? And is what I see informing what I actually do? So we're going to start today, we're going to talk about being. I want to talk about being, and I want to ask you a question. Who are you? We're just going to sit in that silence for a minute. I want you to think, uh, just think for a moment. Who are you? Some of us in our minds, we are a name pops up. I am Jordan, or I am the Hulk, or whatever. Some of us, we think of a career. Some of us think about our past, and we think about our experiences in life leading up to this point. And so who I am is a, is a sum of everything I've, I've been through, a sum of what I've accomplished, a sum of what I've come through, a sum of where I'm going, and all of these things in one makes up who I am as a being. But the truth of the matter is when we look at Scripture, when we look at the Bible, we get a little bit of a definition, a different definition on who we actually are. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the book of Galatians with me. We're going to go to Galatians for a second. Our big Bible on the screen will have it up here if you, if you don't, and we can, we can read this together. But I want to talk about what is, it, what is the identity of a Christ follower, and how does it compare? How does it compare with the identity of that we would normally place on ourselves. And the Bible says this in Galatians, it says, I, so that's me, that's you, when we come into a, a relationship with Christ, I have been crucified with Christ. This means a death has taken place. I, and when we, say, when we see that first word I in this verse, here's what I want you to place on that I. I want you to look at your past. I want you to look at the weights and the things that you place on yourself on. This is what gives me value. I want you to look at your, I want you to look at your mistakes. I want you to look at your ambitions and your goals and say, this is the I that I was, but I, my being that was wrapped up in all of that, has been crucified with Christ. So it's no longer that, that I who live, it's no longer my, my past mistakes or my past experiences that are pushing forward my life path. It's no longer my future ambitions and goals that I want to achieve that are driving my identity. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So though I'm here in the flesh, the real being behind this collection of bones and flesh and organs, it's Christ. And he's driving my identity. It says, in the life that I now live in the flesh, it's given purpose. I live it by faith in the Son of God. I don't live it in expectation of what maybe I can achieve given the next, you know, 60 years of my life if I'm lucky. It's not driven and I don't live it out of an expectation of, man, I just hope I can overcome who I was or what I've been through. I live it in faith in the Son of God. He drives my being. It says he loved me. And he gave himself for me. He died so that I can live. Let's continue on with this passage. Now, 
This is where it gets good, it gets exciting, it gets encouraging. It says, I, my past, so let's look again, we're tethering this to this I, my past, my mistakes, my experiences, who I look at myself as at the flesh level, I do not nullify the grace of God. Doesn't matter who I was, how good I was, how bad I was, how stupid I was, how smart I was, how many things I Hulk smashed in my time. It doesn't nullify the grace of God, meaning it doesn't hold power over who I really am. For if righteousness were through the law, were through my did I add up or did I not add up, then Christ died for nothing. Here's what we have to understand. And I wanna, I'm gonna let this off of my chest. I'm not speaking this message today out of knowledge. I'm speaking it out of a sobering learning curve I'm going through right now. I'm teaching you some things I'm figuring out. This isn't stuff I know. In fact, I actually talked with Travis about this. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. I was like, hey, I'm a little, should I be talking about that? Because I'm not that. And it was this really good moment of figuring out, okay, we're going to step into something that the Lord is working on me. And here's the thing. I've had to come to the realization that when my being is based on the I before Christ, or the I that starts with me doing or what I know before who I am, when my being is based in who I've been, even though I am saved and I've come to Jesus, I'm, I'm making his death and resurrection worthless in my life. I'm making it ineffective because I'm not allowing who he has died for me to be to drive the I that I am right now. It starts with our being, our spiritual health. So let me ask you a question. Who are you? And for those in the room who know the Lord, and this is talking about, uh, I've been crucified with Christ. What, this is Paul, a man who had, has been converted to faith in Jesus. So he's made a decision to say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to put my faith in the son of God and follow him. So for those of you in the room who have made that call and made that decision, what we're talking about today is it's not about being saved. In fact, I want to put this up on the screen. Healthy spirituality for a Christian is not about being saved. It's about bearing fruit. Our, our call today that we have to make is saying, am I living a life right now out of who Christ is in me or out of what I can accomplish in my lifetime with my capacity. And we have to make a decision on whether we're going to do that because we can go through our entire life, yes, being saved and making it to heaven. But I believe, unfortunately, as Christians, we can also go through our entire life being right with God but bearing zero fruit. And it starts with this key point of alignment. Who are you? Have you allowed what you can do and who you've been to be crucified with Christ? Be raised up in who he is in you. Now, the other group of people in this room, you might be here and you might be looking for the answer to who am I? And I think this is a beautiful thing because though our makeup and our DNA as people, as human beings, we are crafted to search endlessly for the answer to that question. That's how we've been designed. If you're wondering and you're longing for an answer to that question, who, who actually am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? That's a good thing. That's how you were made. In fact, I, I'm going to nerd myself for a minute, but there's a book called The Silmarillion. It's by J.R.R. Tolkien, and he's, it's, a, it's a fictional book, but he's talking about uh, mankind when they were created, and he says, men were created to long for more than they could find in this lifetime. And though that's a fictional book, it's such a beautiful parallel to how our makeup is. You were designed to long for more than you could get out of the eye that you are before Jesus. You're like homesick till heaven, baby. And that's how it works. And we long and we long and we long for home. 
but we were only designed to find it in Christ. If you want to be spiritually healthy, I would encourage you, if maybe you're here and you don't know the Lord, but you're longing for purpose, start with being spiritually alive. And start with Jesus. He wants you, and he wants to give you the fulfillment to that question you're asking yourself. Now, this is our being. This is who we were designed to be. John, 1 John 3, 3 1 says, um, see what kind of love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called the children of God. And so we are. So this is who we are. The reason that the world does not know us is that it does not know him. So I want to put a definition to this. We're going to try to make everything as simple as possible today. When it comes to being, we need a label for, okay, when I come to Christ, that verse explains it well, but what is the actual ID that I attach myself to now? We are sons and daughters of God. Today, we're going to call this our eternal ID. Okay? So, our eternal ID is this. It is something that no matter who I was, or what I do, or what is done to me, it can't be taken away. It is an identification that I live my life out of that is bigger than anything I can find in this lifetime. It's who you were made to be. It's who you were designed to, to build your life upon. This is, this is you. This is your identity. This is your core identity. Now, what I want to do today is I want to talk about a process. How do we go from eternal ID to this idea of being, knowing, and doing? How do we get into alignment? Because here's the deal. When you come to Jesus, this happens instantly. Your eternal identification changes. You are now a son of God. You are now a daughter of God. And I'm going to steal today. Uh, this is not unique to me. This is an example that my grandpa has used on the phone with me, on my, well, with my brother, my cousins, and many times of turmoil. This is his. And it's just so good. I got to talk about it. There is a key point in understanding when it comes to like, we want to be spiritually healthy. We have to understand this process. When I was 19 years old, I gave my life to Jesus. In an instant, as Ephesians would call it, I was sealed by the Holy Spirit. I was brought into the, the kingdom of God. I received an eternal ID that was, Jordan, you are no longer just Jordan, son of Kevin, son of uh, Veronica, a uh, person who can do this and who has done this. You are now a son of God. And that's the biggest and most beautiful identification factor you have. I received that in an instant. Now, in an instant, I received my eternal ID, but it was only one day old. I was 19. I had had one day receiving a new eternal ID that wanted to please my father, that wanted to glorify God with my life, but I had 19 years of following my flesh and my mind. The Jordan that I was had 19 years of being in charge of the steering wheel. So what happens is this, is sometimes we, we jump into Jesus, right? We jump into this life with Christ and we're so excited about it. And, oh my gosh, I'm gonna change the world for Jesus. But we've got... 19 years or 20 years or 40 years or, or, or 12 years, doesn't matter how old you are, you've got that much longer, you're that much older in the flesh. And what can happen is if we don't learn how does my eternal ID strong arm my mind and my flesh, we will do this. The Bible says in Hebrews that our walk with Jesus is supposed to be a, a long race, that we run with endurance. And so we're supposed to go from here and keep growing and growing and being more effective and bearing more fruit throughout our lifetime. And that, you know, what that looks like in the tangibles is, is, is up to the Lord and between us and him. But we're supposed to move and have longevity and not grow weary. But what happens sometimes when we come to Jesus and we don't understand the process of how to strong arm our mind and start with being and let that lead to knowing and what we do, we don't run long distance, we run laps. 
and we get saved and our eternal ID changes, so we are gung-ho at the spirit level. We're fired up. I want to please God, and that's why it's so frustrating, I feel like, sometimes for us as Christians, because it's not like we want to do bad things. It's not like I want to be enslaved to old things that I, that I know I'm supposed to be free of. We want more than what our flesh has to offer. But we have to learn a process, because if we don't, we start with Jesus, and then our mind and our flesh grabs us. Oh, okay, wait, no, this is who I am. This is who I am. All right, we're going to go again. Oh, nope. And I'm, I am led astray by my mind and my flesh. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about a process of how do, how do we renew our mind and control our flesh? Here's the deal. Gaining an eternal ID and, and being, that's a free gift. That's something that we, we get freely from the Lord. You don't really have to do much. He already did most of the work on that part. All you got to say is, I'm in. I want to accept that. I believe that. I'm going to receive that from you. So we start there. But how do we renew our mind and allow our renewed mind to control our hands and our feet and our flesh so that we don't live a frustrated Christian life, feeling ineffective, feeling unhealthy spiritually? So let's talk about it. Um, first off, what I want to do today is I want to give you two things, resources, because again, this is a learning process for me. I'm figuring this out. So I want to give you some resources that have been really helpful to me. And I'm actually going to talk a little bit. I'm not going to steal it verbatim, but I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the information that this, these resources have shown me and been helpful to me. And okay, so the first resource is in the Bible. And I want you guys to write down this, write down Psalms 119. I'm going to spend... Uh, a lot of time talking about that. We're not really going to read out of Psalms 119 today, but this is a passage that I'm going to kind of put in your lap for, for you to run with. It's a long chapter in the Bible, but it's beautiful. Okay, write that down. Next thing I want you to write down is this, is there is a podcast that has been very informative for me, and it's been really, I, if, I, if I'm honest, it's led me back into spiritual health many times when I feel like I've gone astray. And it's just been a blessing to me. And I don't, I don't know, it may or may not be for you, but for me, it has been. And it's this podcast right here. It's called the Faith Roots Podcast. So write that down. This is a, he's got hundreds and hundreds of episodes spanning many, many things. But this guy has been a huge impactor of my life. And um, I think he could do the same for you. And, you know, he's not Jesus, but he knows a lot about him. And it's, it's helpful to listen to people who are well-learned. So um, this is a great podcast to maybe inform you. And I love it because it's like 12 minutes long. You can listen to one on your way to work or whatever. So anyway, so now let's go ahead and talk about this. Now, actually, this man, Willie George, he's got like two first names. It's kind of funny. Um, this man has... This thing he talks about in one of his podcasts, I was just like, this is just too good for me to try to remake. I'm just going to steal it and talk to you guys about it, okay? He says, and it's in the Bible, in order to be spiritually healthy, we need to feed our spirit, okay? So we need to feed our being, we need to renew our mind, and we need to control our flesh. And so we're going to talk about these three things today. First, I want to talk about feeding our spirit. How do we feed our spirit? And remember when I talked about our eternal idea, how Jordan, spiritual Jordan, uh, Jesus serving Jordan was one day old. Uh, the rest of me was 19 years old. What you got to do is you got to figure out a way. The Lord has equipped us and sealed us. We're, we're saved and we're good with him. But I want my spirit man to be stronger than my flesh. How do you do that? A growing boy's got to eat. You got to feed your spirit. How do you feed your spirit? Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a little exercise. This may be fun. It may not be fun. I don't know. I, I had fun with this this week as I was kind of prepping this. I want everyone to close your eyes. When you close your eyes, I want you to go home for Christmas. Go home for Christmas. You can keep your eyes closed. We're going to be hippies for a minute, okay? 
Well, when I was growing up, this is what Christmas looked like for me. I'd walk into my parents' house, um, or I'd wake up at my parents' house, um, walk downstairs, and I would smell um, cinnamon rolls. My mom always made cinnamon rolls. And I would hear Ray Charles singing The Spirit of Christmas, which is an amazing song. Look it up. And my mom and dad and my brother and sister, we'd all be excited, okay? So you can open your eyes. I'm 31 now. I'm married. And every year, me and my wife and my kids will drive to my parents' house for Christmas. When we walk into my parents' house for Christmas, I hear my mom and my dad's voice. I hear Ray Charles singing The Spirit of Christmas. I hear my brothers and sisters when they're in town now talking to each other and laughing and fighting and <laughs> you know how it is. And there's a word, nostalgia. Mm, that's a powerful place to go. Sometimes beautiful, sometimes painful, but it's powerful. Your eternal ID, your soul has a nostalgia. And it's a place that when your soul goes there, you're home. When you give your life to Jesus, home changes. Home is with him. Home is in the place of his presence. And when your soul goes and when we take a moment to be with God, it's like our soul going home for Christmas. And we eat the food that we're supposed to eat, you know, that just it smells the same. We hear the voice that we're destined and called and created to hear. And we go, oh, I rest when I'm home. If you want to feed your spirit, you've got to spend time at home. And here's what we do sometimes, and I'm so guilty of this, is I grab my eternal ID and I say, oh, I'm so glad that Jesus saved me. But I take him everywhere but home. And I allow my flesh and my mind to take my eternal ID and exist where they are destined to live but I don't allow my soul to go where it belongs. And so let's talk about this. How do we feed our spirit? How do we go home for Christmas on a daily basis with God and feed our soul the food that it was supposed to be nourished by those cinnamon rolls or whatever it is. I don't know for you. I want you to open your Bibles to Psalms one. We're going to spend the rest of our time today in Psalms one. And I love this Psalm. I memorized this psalm with my son. I believe it's a foundational psalm. And it says this. The first part of Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. This is written by a man named David who was a part of God's people. What this psalm implies to me is this. He's not talking about you're blessed if you're one of God's people. He's saying you're blessed as God's people when you take counsel from the Lord and not from the world we live in today. And there's blessing. There's what he means by blessing is contentment, happiness, health, wholeness. We are living life aligned. We are fulfilling a purpose. We are effective when we don't take counsel from this world. We don't stand in the way of sinners and act like this world. And we don't scoff like this world. And I think there's an important thing to note in this trajectory in the first verse of Psalms 1, that it starts by walking in the counsel of the wicked. We're listening to voices as we walk. And then it says standing in the way of sinners. Now we're standing still. And we're doing the thing that the world does. We're not moving forward anymore. But you know how it ends? It's the saddest part for me. Then you're just sitting and scoffing. We sit in the seat of scoffers. And what happens when, as God's people, we 
take counsel from a voice that isn't home, when we act the way that not our spiritual father acts and intends us to live, but we act in the way that isn't home, we end up doing what everyone else does and we just sit down, call fouls, and are unhappy with life because we we're at conflict on the inside. We want to be home, but we can't. So how do we change this? Let's talk about feeding our spirit. And then it turns a corner in verse two, and this is where this passage comes in. So he doesn't do those things, but he finds delight in the law of the Lord. What is the law of the Lord? This isn't just talking about a written law. This is talking about the house rules of our father. This is talking about the protective walls when we're home for Christmas. This is talking about being and sitting with God, his way, the voice of God. In that day, yes, there was a written law, but David, it would say many times he would come up against a trial or a conflict and it said he'd go away and he would be encouraged in the Lord. And this is what he's talking about. He finds his delight hearing the voice of God. And one of the things that we do in our leadership program here at the Vine, I'm just going to do a shameless plug. We have 12 spots available starting in September. So anyways, I'll, I'll be done with that. But one of the things we do is we read the whole Bible in six months. Okay? That sounds like a tall order. It is. And here's why we do it. Because you can't read the Bible in six months without being somewhat disciplined and having a habit, a biblical habit of some sort. So by the end of six months, the Bible isn't a checklist to you. It's home. You've, you've been there. You feel weird if you're not in it. You're going to feel odd. If six months straight, every day you're reading about 10 chapters of Scripture, it doesn't mean that every moment's going to be a beautiful, you know, frolic through the lilies. But I, I will say that it's going to become a part of your life. And I was driving in the car the other day, and I turned on my Bible app, and I, I had this cool moment of realizing, like, I feel like I just went home for Christmas. This is home. This feels good. Like I had the endorphin boost because it was just like I went home. I was where I was supposed to be. I was hearing the words I was intended to hear in my spirit and I was fed at the soul level. So here's how I want to, if you want to feed your spirit, you need to go home daily with the Lord. Spend time with your father. Spend time hearing the voice you were created to hear. This is where Psalms 119 comes in. I'm going to talk about it kind of as we go through the rest of these points. Psalms 119 is an entire book written by David. It's based off the Hebraic al alphabet, and so there's a bunch of different sections. But each section is basically like David just talking about how much he loves the word of God. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Another passage says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commands. It is this him pouring out his heart and saying, you are home to me, Lord. Just talk to me. I want to hear your voice. So Psalms 119. So we're gonna, I'm going to give you an action step. So we're in the first part here. We need to feed our spirit. We need to feed our being, who you were destined to be. This week, every day, Read a snippet of Psalms 119. I don't care where it is. And then what I want you to do is this. Step two, how do we renew our mind? The Bible says this in Psalms 1. It says, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And what's the second part? On his law, he meditates. Can we put that verse back up on the screen? I want to see that. His delight is in the law of the Lord. But he doesn't just take delight in it in a moment. He meditates on it day and night. It's starting to sound like a full-time job, but it's easier than you think. I want to keep this up on the screen. What do you meditate on day and night? Here's what I mean by meditating. We have a, in our Western world, we think of meditate as I'm going to wear robes um, or maybe just be naked. I'm going to sit cross-legged and um, and, and think about nothing and try to empty my mind. And that's kind of a worldly viewpoint of meditation. It's accurate in some senses. It is uh, inaccurate in others. But what scripture is actually talking about with meditate is not emptying our mind. It's filling our mind with a specific thing. You meditate on something 
all day, every day. I don't know what it is for you. Uh, I remember uh, when I just got out of high school, I was living on my own. My whole life was basically go to work, go home, make a couple frozen pizzas and play video games with my roommate until about three in the morning. That was life. It was a good life. It was nice. But what I found was because that's what I devoted so much of my comfort to and so much of my time to even like work, I would find myself thinking like, oh man, I bet me and Tyler could get further in this game if we would try this. Or, you know what, I think I could actually, I'm going to try this strategy next time we're playing that. Or I'm going to order this pizza tomorrow, you know. And my mind was wrapped up in the things that I place so much care into. We all meditate on something, and I don't know about you, but maybe you meditate on something you're worried about. We all have concerns and weights in life, and sometimes those can be our driving meditation throughout the day. Some, some of us maybe meditate on good things, but we fill our minds with maybe it's something that's entertaining us in that moment, or we're thinking about something every day and what scripture's talking about. If we want to live a blessed life, a content life, a spiritually healthy life, here's what we're going to do. We're going to live in, live in alignment. We're going to be first and we're going to feed our spirit. We're going to be home enough that our spirit man or our spirit woman gets strong enough and continues to grow and grow and grow. But while we're doing that, we're going to meditate on what we talked about with our father when we went home for Christmas. So when you are with the Lord and you're delighting in his law, this week when you're reading Psalms 119, take time throughout your day and think about it. When you start to think about, oh, I'm really worried or concerned about this. No, I'm going to think about the law of the Lord. I'm going to meditate on what my father has said. And this is such a beautiful practice, and it's a discipline. This sounds like a very physical thing to do. Like, how is this spiritual? This is something I have to actively do. We're physical beings, and that's a beautiful thing. We have to learn to renew our mind. And how we renew our mind is replacing thoughts with truth thoughts. There's a, there's a passage that me and my wife have written down at our house, and it says, I take this, I, I, we, we demolish every argument and thought that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive um, every thought that is disobedient to Christ. We make it obedient to Christ. And this, I believe it's in Corinthians. And we have this passage in our home. And as a rule of our house is when we start to think thoughts that start to beat up on the things we've heard from the Lord or the things we know for the Lord, for our family, we say, no, we're not going to think about this. We're going to we're going to take that thought into captivity. And this is part of renewing your mind is meditation. Okay, so I'm going to move on. But we are going to start by feeding our spirit. And then we're going to renew our minds. How do we renew our mind? We put new things, truthful things in our mind. Think about them, chew on them, meditate. It's kind of gross, but like one of the words that is part of this is, uh, I think it's, I can't remember what, if it's Hebrew or Greek when they talk about meditation, but it's like a cow that chews on grass and then spits it out and then eats it again and chews on it. You know, you're just, yeah, you're just constantly chewing on these thoughts. So anyways, I just wanted to gross you out for a second, making sure everybody's with me. Lastly, we're going to control our flesh. This is not easy to do. There have been moments this week that I have reined in my flesh. There are moments this week where I have not. <clears throat> and so what happens is, is this is never something in this lifetime that you're going to completely have your you know, flesh on the ground and, and be in complete control over it. There's going to be things. We're going to screw up. We are imperfect human beings. But here's the goal. As we feed our spirit, we renew our mind, controlling our flesh will become easier and easier, and easier. Because really what our actions are most times is a sum of who we want to be and what our mind is set on most of the time. And those things get strong enough to strong arm us into acting in some way, shape, or form, be it good or bad. So how do we control our flesh? We feed our spirit, we renew our mind, and then the Bible says this, 
This is the beauty of this. It says, he delights in the law of the Lord and on his law, he meditates day and night. Here's what happens when we do these things. He is like a tree planted on the water. Can we get the third half of that verse up? He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season. So when we're living rooted in Christ, our being is rooted in him. It's not I who live anymore. It's Christ who lives in me. And we begin to meditate on his law. What begins to happen is we're digging our roots down into the dirt and and drinking that living water of who Jesus is. And we're rooted in that. And we start to bear fruit. We start to be an effective tree in the garden of the Lord. To just really beat that analogy into the ground. But um, it says it, its leaf does not wither. And in all that he does, he is effective or he prospers. Then it says, it turns a corner and says, the wicked are not so, but they're like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And here's kind of where I want to wrap this today. Spiritual health is important. It's important because we're called not to just be saved and be kept by Christ, but we're called to be fruitful. There's fruit. We're called to be free. Fruitfulness is uh, part of that. The fruits of the spirit it talks about is not something that's just given to us in a fruit basket when we get saved. It's something that develops and flows out of a healthy spirit. And we want to bear fruit. We need to bear fruit as people of God. In order to do this, we have to understand that we are first. We are, we, we are rooted in our being. Then we allow that to change the way we look at the world. And those things should affect our actions. And how do we do it? This week, here's what we're going to do. We're going we're to go home. You're going to feed your spirit. You're going to eat the food that your eternal ID was created to eat. And that's the law of the Lord. Find delight in it. Find rest in it. Be at peace in his word. And that's why I give you Psalms 119. I want, this, is a, this is a challenge and encouragement. I'm telling you, you will see fruit in it this week. Spend time in Psalms 119 this week. But then you're going to meditate on it. Then when you go to work or when you're, you know, you have time and kind of free mind space, don't just allow your mind to tell you what you're going to think about. Say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about this. I'm going to say this verse a few times. And what does that mean? Lord, I'm confused about this part. That doesn't make sense to me. Can you... Can you remind me of, of the truth in that for me? Or this part was really cool. This was really encouraging. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak this or think this over thinking about other things. So we're going to renew our mind by replacing the thoughts our fleshly mind wants to think by thoughts that our eternal ID was created to think. And that's the law of the Lord. Then, as we do this, you are going to see an impact in being able to control your flesh. You will be able to walk in the way of, like David says, the way of the righteous. Now, here's why this is important. At the end, verse six, it doesn't just say, the Lord knows the righteous and the wicked will perish. That's not what it says. It says the Lord knows, he looks upon, he guides the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked will perish. What this is talking about is as God's people, we have a choice. We can have an eternal ID, but eat the food of this world, think the thoughts of this world and take the actions of this world. You have the choice to do that. You also have the choice to Eat the food of your father to think the thoughts of your father and take the actions of your father. When we choose the way of the righteous, feeding our spirit, renewing our mind and controlling our flesh, we live a healthy life that bears fruit 
But when we choose to eat the food of this world, think the thoughts of this world, and take the actions of this world, even though we're renewed at the spirit level, the Bible says our way perishes. It's a dead-end road. It's fruitless. And though we have his spirit and his ID inside of us, we don't make an impact on our life or the lives of those around us. It's, it's, it's stunted. So my encouragement today is this. Feed your spirit. Renew your mind. And let's be people that control our flesh. Maybe you're here today. I want to wrap up with this and we're going to pray and, 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 and end here. Maybe you're here and you would say, this all sounds great, but I don't know that, I'm still f- trying to figure out what that whole who am I question is about. If that's you, you have an open invitation today to receive what we call our eternal ID. You're a, he wants you to be his son. He wants you to be his daughter. He wants to give you a purpose. You don't have to live a life that feels ineffective or unbalanced or unhealthy. You can walk the way of Jesus. You have an invitation to do that today. So I'm going to pray. Karen's going to come up and and talk for a moment, but I'm going to pray and wrap us up here. Lord, you're good. Thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. Go before us today and all the things we pray about, all the things we talk about as we're eating ice cream here in a little bit, which is going to be awesome. Um, Just be right here. There's any today that are looking for their purpose, are looking for who they are, are tired of basing who they are and who they've been or who they think they're going to be. Begin to inform them and and right now, Holy Spirit, that they have an invitation into your family, that they can come home, they can be home and have a place that feels like home with their father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that is it for today's message. We thank you for joining us. If you'd like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at thevinegoshen.org. We'll see you next time.